1: Hey, uh, thanks for coming along. The Growing in Grace podcast at org. Also, of course, on Spotify nowadays, Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music. You can find us anywhere on, on your different apps and on your computer and on your different devices, lots of different ways to listen. I'm Joel, along with Mike. It's the Breeze Man and the Cap getting together to get this stuff off of our chest. We've just Gotta share this stuff. No, <laughs> just I'm just kidding. We do love doing this, obviously, doing it for this long. You know that we love doing this. You can't do something for this long, you know, voluntarily and not love doing it. So it's just, it would just be hard to do this if we had to dredge our way through this. but we just love doing this. We were talking in between. I, after we got done recording our last podcast, I said, man, I love talking about this stuff. I just love doing it. And so here we are. We've been getting into Galatians a little bit and the life of faith versus life in the law. How's Mr. Kapler doing this time?
0: Just fine, Jewel. Thanks. Uh, at the time this is airing, we're getting ready to head into spring pretty soon. It's been kind of a long winter where we live. We've had, you know, record cold temperatures back in. Uh, in January, February and, and, uh, wind chills at like 60 below. And, <laughs> and, uh, so a new season coming up, uh, you know, some people live in, in warmer climates where they don't have the, uh, the drastic changes that, that we do here in the Midwest in the States. But, um, I, I always look forward to the, well, three out of four times I look forward to the change of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, three out of four seasons of the year are pretty, are fairly decent
1: here. In yes. Iowa.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, we've been talking about uh, Galatians chapter three is really kind of where we started. But I think kind of the foundation of what we were after over the past uh, program or so was the law is not of faith. That's what Paul said. What was contained in the law? 613 rules, commandments, and statutes, including those 10 that were written on stone. Paul said in Romans chapter 7 that even though the law was holy, perfect, righteous, and good, it couldn't bring life. What he thought was going to bring him life ended up bringing him death instead, referring to those commandments. And he gave an example of one that was written in stone of thou shall not covet. By trying to keep that commandment, it actually resulted in more coveting, right? So when we're talking about the law not being of faith— We're talking about all of the law, and that's what Paul was getting at here with the Galatians in chapter 3. Those who were under the law, the Jewish people, had this curse upon them that they would be required to keep all of it and to do it perfectly. So that was the standard. That was the requirement. And yet the law was unable to provide people with what they needed to get that done. And so that was going to have to come to an end (laughs) in order to free the people whether you're Jew or Gentile, in order to come into life and righteousness, faith would have to come. And faith was manifested through the person of Jesus Christ. Paul said in Galatians 3 that now that faith has come, he referred to the law as a tutor, the tutor who would basically guide people, point people to faith in Christ. Now that faith has come, Paul said, Galatians 3.25, we are no longer under a tutor. So the law is not a faith. Um, Joel, uh, it, it occurs to me, I want to be careful how I say this, but within uh, a lot of denominational churches and evangelical churches, there are some religions out there that are often referred to by evangelicals and others as pseudo-Christian cults like Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, some might think the, the the Mormon church, and there's probably a number of other ones that could be listed. And I'm not going to get into the weeds on, on why people would identify them as that. But I'm wondering, are, are we being a little bit hypocritical here? Because some of the most popular evangelical denominations, you can walk into a church and receive a teaching advocating a mixture of law and and grace, the law, not of faith, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are not to be mixed together. Or maybe you'll see a plaque with the Ten Commandments on it in there and you know, all these things. And I sit here and I think, okay, if that is not of faith, what is it doing inside of what we would call a Christian church in this era of a a new and better covenant, I, I'm just uh, speaking out loud here, kind of off the cuff. But and we we want to get more into Galatians uh, at the end of chapter three and into chapter four. But some thoughts on that, Joel.
1: Mm, well, I was I had the dump button ready to press because you said you weren't sure about if you should say what you're going to say. You so were, were you going to beep me out? <laughs> yeah, just in beep, just beep. in case. <laughs> But I know what you're talking about, and uh, I've had discussions like this on Facebook and in other Christian chat rooms in the past and things like that, but I think it's true that today, life in Christ, you know, this is what God gave us freely, life in Christ, and it's meant to be by His grace, through faith, apart from our works, and yet you have many churches teaching a mixture of faith and law. That is not life in Christ. That is not the new covenant. Yeah, it's not the gospel it's not the gospel you know the gospel is god's righteousness received as a gift something that he has given to us by faith and not of works we often say here as well and someone had written us kind of on this topic a little bit just recently about how um are we offending some people by seeming like we're down on the people of the church rather than being against mixture well we do not ever want to come across as being against the church, even if they disagree with us, even if they teach this mixture. Now, I say that, you know, treading, you know, thin waters because there are some really great grace-minded people who say they are not saved if they believe in this mixture. They're not saved. You can't call them our brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, I'm not quite personally willing to go there. I think they've been saved by God's grace through faith, but they've had some bad teaching uh, that mixes in law back into it. Paul called the Galatians foolish for doing that, but he didn't question their salvation. He just said, quit it. He said, knock that off. He said, look, you've either got this choice, you can begin by the Spirit and then try to be perfected by law, or or here, here's what I really want you to do. It's this life of faith. I don't think he ever said that they weren't saved, but he, he had some harsh words for them because that wasn't the gospel that they were trying to follow after. They were pursuing the law. So anyway, I think there is something important to be said there, but that leads me to something equally as important. What we're talking about here, here's an identity verse, if I can use that word, something that Paul is leading up to. After saying in Galatians 3, after going through this contrast of life in the law versus a life of faith, he's talking about Jews and Gentiles becoming sons of God. Here's what he says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You, whether a Jew who had the law, but really could never follow the law, or a Gentile who didn't have the law, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He's not talking about water baptism there. He's just talking about you've had faith in Christ, so you have been submersed. That's what that word baptized means. You've been placed into Christ and you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are sons of God and we are heirs according to how well we work, how well we keep the law. No, but according to the promise. That's really what it's all about.
0: The promise, yeah. Uh, Hebrews chapter 7 refers to that. When Jesus became the high priest, and by the way, when did that occur? It occurred after the law, after all those commandments within that first covenant came to an end and became obsolete. There was fault found with that covenant. Uh, The people couldn't live up to it. The law was weak and useless it was weakened through the flesh it wasn't able to provide people with what was needed and and so something oh yeah but jesus became the high priest after the law and and it came by promise whereas the other high priests of which there were many under the law they were appointed by the law Uh, And they would serve until they died, pretty much. And then new priests would take their place. But Jesus was appointed high priest through an oath or a promise. And that's kind of what Paul is talking about here is the the promise, faith coming, the law ending, and being freed from that prison as the Jewish people were. And we as Gentiles, non-Jewish people, being brought into it. And so something that jumped out there that you just read, Joel, verse 28 I think you read that Uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor or nor free. There is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Yet how many times have you heard somebody say, well, we've all been engrafted into Israel. We're now spiritual Jews. And I know where they get that from in the book of Romans, but it's taken out of context um, because God tore down Ephesians chapter two. God tore down a dividing wall that separated Jew and Gentile before Christ. What was that dividing wall? What was that barrier? It was the law of commandments found in ordinances from the first covenant. Jesus tore it down and made the two, Jew and Gentile, into one in Christ. And so all one in Christ Jesus verse 28 of Galatians chapter 3. So see that's all been that's all been taken away. Uh it's it's, it's such a Such a cool thing when you start putting all of this together. In Romans chapter 10, Christ became what? The end of the law for all who would believe. Something we read last week, verse 22 of Galatians 3, the scripture has shut up everyone under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But again, going back to where we started with this and where Paul really started with this, Uh, with the Galatians, is that the law is not of faith. There's no reason to go back to that. And just because we're not trying to keep the law doesn't mean that we're jumping into lawlessness. You know, it doesn't mean that uh, we're breaking laws. We don't keep them or break them. We live by the life of Christ.
1: All right. We live apart from the law. So, like you say, we we're neither keeping it nor we're breaking it. (laughs) You know, the law is not of faith. So, a life of faith means a life apart from the law. We neither break it nor do we keep it. We have a new and living way. It's it's a completely new way where we are now sons of God. We are heirs apart from anything that we do. I really hope and pray that you know these many churches that preached this mixture of law and faith together, I do hope and pray that many of them, as time goes on, will come to wake up to this, will come to understand that it's not both. It's one or the other, that if you're going to live by the law, you got to live by the law and you're obligated to keep the whole thing. Whereas a life of faith means that you have not worked to earn anything and you're not working to continue to earn anything, but you've received a gift. You've received a gift by faith. You've become a son of God, and because you are sons, Galatians 4, verse 6 says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts. The Spirit of his Son, Jesus Christ, is in your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. And if you're no longer a slave, but a son, and you're an heir of God through Christ, that's really what it's all about. This life of faith, being a son, being an heir, apart from anything that we do, it's a really blessed and wonderful gift. And more on this whole idea of being children of inheritance, not slaves under the law. Next week, right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org
0: This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace